That is, of course, the song Slipping Through My Fingers by the pop group ABBA. And this is Stacy Julian with episode 97 of Exactly Enough Time. is a podcast about being present. It's about recognizing the time you have to enjoy the people, places, and things important to you. Did you know we can choose to be curious and playful, to live with intention, and to create connection? I am a life enthusiast and a storyteller. I interview interesting people and talk about what they do and why they do it. Listen up. I think you'll find inspiration for living your life and telling your story because you have exactly enough time. There are so many reasons that that ABBA song is appropriate for today's episode. Hello, by the way. So glad you're here. Thanks for tuning in and listening. I appreciate you. So the song slipping through my fingers, it's perfect, right? For memory keepers, people like me who love the futile attempt that we make at freezing time and capturing especially the lives of the people we love. Well, today I have on the show my friend Jennifer Wilson, who created Simple Scrapper back in 2008 to explore how modern memory keeping can fill you up and fit your busy life. In 2019, she launched the Scrapbook Your Way podcast to extend the conversation about breaking the rules and documenting in your own way. Jennifer lives in central Illinois with her husband and daughter. Now, both Jennifer and I have young daughters, so the lyrics and and the meaning behind the the song slipping through my fingers feels a little too personal most days, but it gets better than that because I don't know if you knew this, but ABBA's roots are in Sweden. Yes, when you go to the like Nordic travel blog and they list the 10 things to love about Sweden, number one is Sweden's love of and success with pop music. ABBA is from Sweden. And guess what? So are Jennifer's roots. I hope you listen to the end because she's going to share an amazing transformative experience that she had earlier this year. And I want you to hear it from her mouth. Now, Today, we are going to, I'm so excited because this is like me sitting down and, and, you know, and sharing a cup of cocoa with Jennifer and talking about how we're so much alike and yet we're quite different, talking about um, the things that we've done in the memory keeping industry, the things we love to do and how they're quite parallel in a way. I have tons of respect for Jennifer and her work. And so I'm just going to cut right to our conversation. Enjoy. Okay, you guys. I'm super happy that today I have with me on my podcast, Jennifer Wilson. Hello, Jennifer. Hey, Stacey. I am so excited to be here. (laughs) Okay. For those of my listeners who do not know you, which there might be a few, um, just take a minute and introduce yourself. Tell us about your family and where you live. And I specifically want to know your current favorite treat to eat and maybe 
I don't know, something on your to-do list, to-do list later today. Sure. Well, I live in central Illinois with my husband and nine-year-old daughter. She's in Ah. fourth grade remote schooling right now. And she has to hop online as soon as we're done recording here. (laughs) It's been uh, quite the transition this year. I've lived here for 12 years now. And previously I lived in Washington, D.C. and Texas and Michigan and California. I've been kind of on all the coasts. But I've really wow. found my tr- true home here in the Midwest. In the Midwest. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And kind of that that connects to my treat because I recently found, so I love like cheese spreads and like Ooh. wheat thins and crackers. Like I am a salty snack type of girl. Yeah. And, you know, the sharper, the better. And I found this brick cheese that has green olives in it. And so and it's made in Wisconsin. It's such like a Midwest thing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's the best ever. Like I never uh, reach for chocolate. I am all about the cheese all the time. Oh my goodness. Okay. That's awesome. I'm definitely a chocolate girl. Chocolate and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> but I like cheese. So could you, and I can't, I can't eat gluten. So I guess I could get gluten-free crackers, but can, oh, like, yeah. could you put this cheese in celery? I bet that you could put it good. in celery. You could use like those almond thins. Oh yeah, you know any kind of whatever gluten-free cracker type of thing you'd want to use. Oh, that's awesome. All right, what else do you want to get done today besides talk to Stacy? I need to edit my own podcast episode. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It takes it takes some work. Can I just say that out loud? Is that okay? It's a, it's a little bit of effort, but well, and it's I think I'm so used to. Like, you know, listening to other podcasts or music or watching YouTube videos in the background while I work, just as, you know, company. But when you're editing audio, you can't, you can't do that. You have to focus. And it's not always the most exciting thing to listen to yourself back again, you know? And cut out all your ums. And every time I say right, which is like 47 times per episode. And the thing is, it's exhausting because for me, because I'm listening so hard, right? And I'm trying to, anyway. Well, it's yeah. kind of fun to have a fellow podcaster on my podcast today. So, all right, one more thing before we dive into a conversation. Um, what's one thing you want for Christmas? I'm trying so, to decide what I want, so I'm asking friends. <laughs> I I want slash need a new food processor. Oh, I am I'm big on investing. I want you know I bought a food processor 20 years ago. So oh I'm goodness. like I'm gonna have this for the rest of my life. Yeah. And then when parts started breaking, I found that I couldn't get the replacement parts anymore. Yep. Like that was always my philosophy. It's like, oh, well, I'll be able to get like a replacement bowl or a blade mm-hmm. or whatever. And they're not making it for that model anymore. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I guess I need a new food processor. So. That's so funny because I have a Cuisinart and um, a little piece just broke and it's plastic. And I'm like, I'm sure that when my mother, I mean, not that my mother had a Cuisinart, but so it's literally hot glued right now. So that's funny. So I probably should ask for a food processor as well. Because every time I put it on and you kind of have to shift it over to lock it in place, yeah. I'm kind of like crossing my fingers like, please don't break this time, you know, let me use you one more time. So It had gotten to the point where I had to use like a chopstick to hold down this little knob so that it would start. Yeah. <laughs> it was kind oh, of comical. So and then that part broke and then I couldn't, I just can't use it now. And then, it can, and you're right. And you can't get the, the pieces. It's super hard yeah, if you have an I, older model. Yeah, I looked and they're just, they don't make it anymore. So, oh uh, well. Okay, so I invited you on because of what you do in the memory keeping community. I just admire you so much, always have. So, I want to hear a little bit from my listeners about your history in how did you personally get started telling stories, scrapbooking? What was your first exposure to, to this awesome hobby? And 
you know, and then maybe how did you come to found um, the online community, Simple Scrapper, Simple Scrapper, which we will talk about. Sure. That's a lot of question. (laughs) I feel like exposure was pretty typical yet non-traditional. So I was exposed through my grandma. She was an avid scrapbooker her whole life, but in that the the older sense of keeping newspaper clippings and cards and she, but she was so organized and she put everything into albums and i remember looking through that as a child and just being so fascinated and and mm. feeling that desire to save things in that manner um mm-hmm. kind of bubble up in me and i've played around a little bit in high school and i mean i was using like construction paper and i had knew nothing about what i was doing i was just kind of you know playing around I remember making a I was the math club vice president in high school and I it was called mu alpha theta and I'd seen these sorority scrapbooks where they took their greek letters and they made these like quilted puffy letters no way and so I did that for the cover of our high school math club (laughs) and I wish I still had it but I gave it to our like our coach our teacher and it's just it was one of my my first finished products and I still- It was kind of a crowning achievement. Yeah. It was. I have a photo of the cover and it's just, it's so fun and I'm just proud of it. And that was kind of the first time I dipped my toe into the water. And then it wasn't until 2008 when I moved here and I'm part of a blended family. I have two stepsons who are fully fledged adults. One is almost 30 now. And, but it was me and my husband and two stepsons and a giant dog and a really small house. And I kind of tucked myself away back in the bedroom for the first year trying to get my bearings. And I had my laptop and a little chair and an ottoman. And that's when I found digital scrapbooking. So even Mm. though I don't do digital at all today, that was really my entry point into the modern memory keeping community and my beginning exposure to what's, what's going on in the world. Yeah. That's interesting. And so then how did you... Yeah. How did you transition from, from that to starting, you know, a community? What gave you that idea? So that's amazing. Well, it, it started as a blog in late 2008. I moved here in September. I started Simple Scrapper in November. I okay. really just wanted this place to kind of document my own journey. But yeah. I think from the very beginning, I saw possibilities. I wanted to be the home for those who were exploring the same things that I was, is how can we take all the the history behind us of of scrapbooking and bring that into the modern world and do it easily when we're busy and maybe all we have is a laptop in a back corner and Mm -hmm. maybe we've you know I there was a time period in the middle there where I tried to do paper scrapbooking but I didn't know what I was doing I didn't have any support or tutorials or anything and I found Mm -hmm. it super frustrating you yeah. know, I use my little colossal and I'm like, why am I not getting like good edges? <laughs> you know, it was, it, I still I, have my colossal just, just FYI. Go ahead. <laughs> but it was awesome. just, you know, I didn't know, I didn't know what I was doing. And I figured if I can create this blog and, and we can have comments and people can talk yeah. back and forth, we can support one another in doing this. And it just kind of blossomed from there. Yeah. Well, and I wonder, and this doesn't have to be the case for you, but there was when, when I started, you know, and I love my husband and I love my boys, but it was a lot of male, you know, and I just was like, okay, I need to find some female support. <laughs> so I would escape on a Friday night and, and, and I was a stamper to start with, but, you know, but I found this group right at this local store that was kind of half stamping, half scrapbooking. And I was like, Ooh, these are my sisters, you know? Yes, for sure. But, so it was, it was community. So what do you enjoy most 
now about the Simple Scrapper community? You know, I think it's it's that our our members lead the way and they they tell me what they want and how I can best support them. It's not it's not about me and and what I like and while I certainly share my ups and downs the other day yesterday I was like do I need this happy planner can you guys either talk me into it or talk <laughs> me out of it and yeah. I got answers on both sides huh. um, and so they really they are they're driving the train and I love that because I can just be the yeah. container to support them and help while I'm listening to these things that I need I can use my own creativity and my analytical brain which I'm sure we're going to get into to, yeah. to create what they need to better support their their interests, their desires, and their challenges, of course. Yeah. And I, and I know that about you and I love that about you. And, um, I think that's interesting because I wanted to have you share like maybe a best practice, you know, as an entrepreneur in, in the memory keeping space, Mm -hmm. but that that's definitely what I see and observe, which is, yeah, you, you are a leader, but you're a leader of just a huge collaborative effort, which is really special I think so but do you have another best practice something that you would share with with listeners so I start planning for things very very early so I wish I I could do that (laughs) I started planning for our 2021 our full calendar in July so I start I'm like always I'm always at least six months ahead but I'm you know I'm planning I started in July for next December yeah um and I do this not just because I want to have it done, but because I want to have time to marinate on those ideas. I want to mm-hmm. get something out there that then I can later react to, so then mm-hmm. I can kind of pick apart and figure out, oh, that was, there's a flaw in that. There's a, you know, a fatal flaw that's going to make that not work. Yeah. Or I can build on that idea and refine it and make it even better. But if I started planning now for our next year, I yeah. think I, I'd have too many false starts. Because, you know, especially this time of year, we get so many brilliant ideas of like, oh, I want to do this and this. I'm going to commit to everything. Right, right. But then you're like, oh, shoot, I don't actually have time to commit to all those things that I said yeah. I was going to. I love that because then I think that is the beauty and the strength of a plan. Because then when those ideas pop up, you don't have to be right distracted. You can go back and say, okay, let's compare this against the plan. You know what I mean? Not that you can't adjust the plan, but it does give you a scaffolding or, you know kind of to work oh. within. And I I like to say I don't plan. Here's what I don't do. I don't write it down. And I believe that I would be more effective if I did, but I do start in my head, per, stuff's percolating all the time, you know, sure. to the point that I can't sleep many, many nights. But I understand. I understand that. But I, and I think that's one reason I've always been attracted to you from, you know, from a professional standpoint, because I'm like, ooh, I want, she does what, she does what I want to do more of, <laughs> which, <laughs> which is a good segue into the next question that I have for you, which is, I love your style of scrapbooking, storytelling, um, primarily, I think, because I really admire the way your brain works. And um, one of the reasons that I think this is because I think we're actually kind of similar in some of the roles that we've played in the industry and some of the things that we like to do, you know, um, Mm -hmm. with community and teaching, but, but we're super different. And, um, I don't remember if it was 2013 or 2014, but we collaborated on, which is probably one of my better memories from big picture. Is it big big picture classes? I'm like, what was that thing called that I started? Big picture classes. We changed it. Anyway, what I'm trying to say is you and I collaborated on this class that was called the art and science of scrapbooking 
um, because I was so interested in bringing together kind of our, our approaches and our strengths and our weaknesses and just having fun with it. So I'm curious what you remember about that shared experience and, you know, anyway, talk to me about that. So many things. I mean, it was so fun and of course, such an honor to work with you, but I think the, like, it was the first time I really ever did like video conference call recording and now we're on zoom all the time and it's, you know, commonplace, but Isn't that crazy? I know it just, it seems like that was so newfangled back then to figure <laughs> mm-hmm. out how we're going to record <laughs> Skype with both of our pictures. Yeah, no, it's so true. But my so biggest true. thing was, so your right brain challenges. I was so surprised by how much I loved them. And not even love them, but just needed them. Um, And they really opened a door for me to do more mixed media play, to do backgrounds. And I still incorporate that a lot today. Because, you know, when I was a kid, I painted all the time. And I was just, let's just make things. And I think it Uh gave me that permission to uh, get out of my sometimes very structured comfort zone to play more and really embrace that sense of imperfection. I love it. It it really was such a unique experience. And I think from my perspective, kind of for the same reason, I'm, I'm right now in the process of just reviewing every scrapbook page I have made. I'm moving some things around. I'm getting ready to teach a new class. And, um, and it's so interesting, Jennifer, I'm not even kidding, not even making this up because you're on my podcast today, but I'll be flipping through a scrapbook and I'll be like, Oh, now that's a cool page. And like, it's it's one that I did in response to your left brain challenges. <laughs> and so I'm like, oh, I got to do that again. So it really was that it was stretching, right? Because you would give yeah. me the challenge and I'd be like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> that's just not what I do. And yet I would do it. And and so for all the reasons that you've just mentioned, it was um, it was just a really fun, it was a really fun thing. So anyway, well, so thanks for that. Can- thanks for that. One of my best memories from teaching at at BPC. It was just a Aww, fun idea. You said, awesome. yes, we did it. I think it was just a, you know, it's it just a fun thing. So, <laughs> well, and of course we all have a whole brain and we have, you know, I think we all have to varying degrees an analytical and maybe a more, you know, creative or artistic aspect in, in what we bring together, you know, when we scrapbook. But I'm curious, how would you describe your current approach with this balance and, um, and how, not saying that it does or doesn't, but how would you say this balance shifts for you now as you approach a new page or a new project or a new happy planner or, or not? I'm curious, especially in the effort of running your business. How do you balance those two aspects? Well, I think in terms of my my scrapbooking and my creativity, I'm I'm always looking for that balance because yeah. if it if it doesn't have the sense of playfulness and joy and fun with it then I might not keep up with it I need just that that little bit extra and I think this year in particular I really needed that yeah um and I like I've really gotten into using stickers in my planner and now I'm still a very practical planner it's all about the list I need to know what I'm gonna do and so the stickers support and make that more beautiful Uh but I've I just love the process at the beginning of every month of setting up my planner with all the stickers and it's just so joyful to me and I I love it but it's not something that I ever did in the past Um, I was like oh no planners are utilitarian we need to like make these (laughs) functional yeah I really leaned into this the need for joy particularly with 2020 having less of it (laughs) 
Yeah. No kidding. That's funny because I do my planner with my daughter, Addie, generally on, on Sunday mornings. And just yesterday I was doing my planner and my husband walked out of the bedroom and I'm always a little bit like, oh brother, he's going to see I'm putting stickers in my book. And, and, and then I just had this thought, yeah, but it makes me happy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and, and I do the same thing. I definitely make lists of what I want to do and I write down all my appointments, but there is this element of fun that, that it keeps me. And I do love my happy planner. I don't know what you decided, but Anyway, I actually use a Hobonichi Weeks with a Cocoa Daisy sticker kit that goes with it. Oh, and they have there's a new theme every month, and so I love just the the change. Oh. I've 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 purchased a lot of Happy Planner products in the past, but they kind of go together. Whereas yeah. I love that every single month I get a new color scheme. You know, this one is very like nature oriented, and then of course next month is more winter and Christmassy and. Just that refresh every single month makes it more, even more fun for me. That's cool. Is it a kit? Is it like something you're subscribed to? It is. It is a kit. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. And they have so many different sizes of their sticker kits too, depending on the type, like the format and type of planner that you like to work with. Okay. Because they have one for like, you know, the big happy planner and the classic happy planner. And then, of course, oh. they have one for this little Hobonichi as well. So I can keep using my happy planner, but just subscribe to the stickers. Good, yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. I'm going to look so into that. Oh, that's super fun. Thank you. And then on the business side, I think yeah. I kind of mentioned this briefly, but I've, I've really worked hard to make Simple Scrapper about the mission and the community and not about me and my scrapbooking. Mm. And that takes away a lot of the pressure and the perfectionism that can get in the way and, you know, suck some of the joy out of it some of the time. Mm. So I think that what that amounts to is that I really, I lean on my left brain so that Mm. my right brain can do what it wants when it wants rather than trying to force my right brain into submission when I need it to. (laughs) Wow. Okay. That was soup. That sounded super smart. (laughs) No, I'm I'm serious. You lean on say that again. You lean on your left brain so that your right brain can do what you need it to do. Or yeah, what? so I can do what it wants when it wants. And some of that when is really the clincher because yeah. I I kind of don't respond well to being told what to do at a certain time, even if it's myself. Uh-huh. I'm very much like, no, this is what I want to do right now. I know. And so I <laughs> try to create like maximum flexibility. Yeah. So that the things that need to get done do need to get done, but I can still follow my inclinations of, okay, th- I'd rather work on this type of activity in this moment. Oh my gosh. See, I think that's where I, you, I feel like we're the same mm-hmm. because probably my right brain tendencies, creativity is, it's easier for me to access, but I totally have this brain that loves organization and loves systems and yet I plan, like I talked about, and I make a list and I prioritize the list and then I ignore the list and all of the priorities. Oh, <laughs> but I still get it. I still get it done. You know what I mean? Yes. So it is this kind of weird back and forth anyway. No, I would say that's definitely that's how we're very much the same. Like I have, I have a really good accountability buddy and she texted me yesterday morning and she's like, okay, what are you going to do today? And I gave her this long list and I did one of those things. <laughs> And I but you did really one. Good. I did that. Well, I did that one thing. It was the most important. And it was a probably, like you say, it was an important thing, a big thing. But then uh, I also was... watched an episode of The Crown, and I did some meal prep, and I hung out with my daughter. And yeah, you know. and those are important things too that sometimes don't make the list, but they're super critical in the long term. So yeah, 
Okay, so I have wanted to have you on my podcast since the beginning of my podcast, and I love listening to your podcast. But then I thought, okay, now's the time because I am working on kind of tweaking and developing Photo Freedom, which is the title of a book that I wrote in 2008, and it teaches what I call my library of memory system. And um, and I remember many years ago, you wrote, I think it was a blog post, and you talked about how you were incorporating some of the principles that I shared in that book, the, some of the things that I teach, some of the ideas you know, in this system or this approach. But then you talked about how you had adapted it. And I kid you not, I sat at my computer, I remember, and I'm like, that is the coolest thing. Like those, she's one of my people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> I've always taught and because I've always felt a little bit like uh, I want to share what I do, but I really, truly, most sincerely do not want you to do what I do. You know what I mean? Because I just feel like, well, I shouldn't set myself up in that way. And sure. I don't know where that comes from. But, but I'm like, you guys, this rocks. Like some of the, this, what I do keeps me scrapbooking, has kept me scrapbooking, keeps me in love with, you know, just memories and photos and I can access what I want to access and all this good stuff. So I, I wanted to have you on specifically right now to, um, for them, so that my listeners could hear about someone who has, I, like, you th I think you said, read the book, but you really have taken it and made it your own. So if you're okay with that, I want you to tell me about that adaptation and what, you know, what are you still, what are you still using from library memories and what are you not? And sure. That's a yeah. super long no, question I, again. <laughs> no, it's all good. And I think that you, you highlighted here that yes, we have a lot of similarities, but that, and that's, our brains aren't totally the same. We do things slightly differently. Like we might like the structure and organization, but we need to we need to approach it from a different perspective or we need, we need to come at it a different way for it to work for us. And that's, that's what I love celebrating in scrapbookers is that we can take all these ideas and, you know, I run a nonfiction book club too, where we take all these ideas and then we twist them and turn them and figure out, okay, how can I then apply that to my life and my scrapbooking? Yeah. But to answer your question, so I have to, I have to start with 2008 to 2011. That was the beginning of my, you know, modern scrapbooking journey yeah. And I organized all those pages. They were all digital that I printed an eight by eight and they're in my four little category binders. And I felt so smart. I was like, oh, I'm going to use the system. <laughs> the Stacy person is so cool. And I've, I've told this story a million times, but I, when I started, I'd never heard of you. I didn't know there was a simple scrapbooking magazine. Like I didn't know anything, yeah. about anything. I just like, I, I want it to be simple. Let's call it simple scrapper. So there was yeah. no kind of context or connection there. And then I found you and I'm like, I like this girl. She knows what she's doing. And so I never got to the point, though, that I was working in any kind of subcategories. I just had my four albums, you know, with the four categories. And I was super happy with that because it it took away the pressure to to document everything. And it was a I could scrapbook the stories that I wanted to scrapbook and I had an mm -hmm. easy way to organize them. Mm hmm. And then my daughter was born and that changed everything, which mm. that's what happens with what kids do, but mm -hmm. it really profoundly changed my scrapbooking. And that's when I was having those, I can't sleep at night because I'm, I'm struggling to figure out how I want to scrapbook and how do I want to approach this. Right. And I didn't want the layouts about her first year to go in different albums. Like this is a this is a chronological story fundamentally because she's growing and changing so quickly. Right. And so that's why I took the, your categories 
and I put them as dividers within her baby album. Hmm. And that's kind of how it all began. And then I just tweaked it instead of, you know, all about us. It's all about her, all about me. I'm not sure exactly what it said, but mm-hmm. it was, I, I tweaked them, but so that it could give me that same kind of permission to not tell every single story yet still honor the fact that this particular story was a chronological story. Okay. So in your daughter's book, she has chronological albums. Do you do it still for each year of her life? So, and I'm, you know, I understand this is going to be different if you have more than one child that you're documenting. So I have actually two albums for her first year. Okay. So there's two categories in one album and two in another. Yeah. And then I started annual albums after that all the way through okay. 2019. And and if you're listening and you're not familiar with these categories, and I talk about them a lot, but maybe you're not, right? So in her albums, tell me tell me what the four categories are and if you've maybe tweaked the names of them or whatever. So I think it's um, all about me, uh, things I do, places I go, and... People? Is it? Do you have a people oh. one? Oh, yeah. People I love. Sorry. People I love. Okay. Yeah. So it's from, you know, kind of about her. And I actually use the same structure for an album about me later on. Cool. And so uh, I would say that then starting in, it would have been, you know, 2013. So her album goes from end of 2011 through all the way through 2012. And 2013 is when I just started using your categories as is. Okay. In the albums. And so I have about five years of albums where I use those categories every single year to organize my layouts within the album. And so when you sit down <clears throat> to create a page for her, you've got a new batch of photos, because this is a question I get a lot from my students. Um, how do you decide how to tell the story so that it goes into one of those categories? Well, so this this really connects, I think, with your next question, because I don't. Like, I don't. Okay. I tell the story that I want to tell. Yeah. And as as time went on, I I realized that the vast majority of stories that I want to tell are about personalities and relationships. Yeah. And that's just the most fulfilling. There's always things changing. You can go so nuanced. You can go connect things across time. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I once I recognized that, I tried to challenge myself to find more balance. Mm-hmm. And that was one of those things where I'm not, I'm like, uh, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so <laughs> like, I just, I didn't feel the desire to, to be more balanced. I felt okay. like I'm telling the stories that I want to tell. And it wasn't inspiring me to try to, to force myself to tell stories in more categories. Okay. Right? Interesting. Yeah. So for, so for an example, like you, so you might, you do a lot of, you know, all about your daughter pages. Um, what would you say? So, the relationships, right? The people maybe she loves or that you, that she develops relationships with. So what are the categories? Like, do you find that you don't have um, as many stories then? See if I'm understanding you right. You don't really have as many stories then maybe about places or about things? Definitely. um, I, places, I would say is my number two, because I personally feel a deep connection to different places. I remember that from the class. Yes. Yeah. Most of my place stories are really about me. Okay. Um, Because I don't necessarily understand her connections to places yet because she's really, you know, growing and evolving. Um, And I would say I'm least excited about scrapbooking birthdays and events and, Mm -hmm. you know, those things. Like I take pictures and I'm glad I have them. And some of my most, you know, favorite photos come from those things because we're 
we look nice, <laughs> mm-hmm. but those aren't don't, don't tend to be the stories that I scrapbook. That's so interesting because that's so so much like me. I I I, I made a page for my oldest son Clark when I realized he was ten years old, and I hadn't made a single birthday page. And so I made a big page that's like, here you had ten birthdays, <laughs> and that's exactly a, how I would approach. Here's a picture it from every birthday. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. What did you just say? Oh, I would just say that's exactly how I would approach it. That's how I would teach others to do it. Like you can, you create these summary layouts that are so yeah. much more fulfilling than scrapbooking the same thing 10 times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so interesting because that's, that's why I like the things we do, you know, or all the, th- whatever, and people call it different things, but it does. It gives me permission to say, we go to the pumpkin patch, done. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> and then what I find is if I'm at the pumpkin patch, I'm like, I don't really take, need to take a ton of pictures this year because I've kind of documented that. So maybe it goes several years, you know what I mean? And then I love to, I love to pair photos of, you know, different kids, right? At different ages, all at the pumpkin patch. So I might update it, but I just don't feel that necessity to have to keep up every single year with some of the things that we do. So. Oh, for sure. I would say also though, that whenever I can get outside, I take, I do still take a lot of pictures, but I like the, just the photography aspect of it. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. how can I, you know, stand here to get a different light and how can I get a really cool photo of all the pumpkins? And mm-hmm. I'm just more into like taking the photos for just the playful yes. and also even, even some of the technical side of photography there versus the the story of. I totally agree. Yeah. I take so many pictures of flowers and then at the end of the week I go, ah, okay, I'm going to delete most of them. But I really <laughs> had fun taking them. <laughs> yeah. And I do save some, but. Oh, that's so funny. Is there anything else you want to share about <clears throat> your current approach and what, you know, what, if any, you know, any of it is, is linked to Library of Memories? Because again, I just, I want to give people permission to adapt from whatever system they've learned from to create adaptations, maybe how you choose to adapt things. I don't know. Yeah, that's not so- a question I said I would ask, but just, you know, <laughs> go with it. <laughs> Well, I think that um, what, what I described in terms of I use these categories because things felt so chronological and I, I really enjoyed that process. But as I felt more of that imbalance, it didn't make sense because I would literally have a section with an empty divider and I'm like, okay, do mm-hmm. I want to tell more stories here? And right. so I've, I've shifted to starting in 2020, I'm basically doing stories I told this year. <laughs> Oh, and yeah. It, it doesn't mean that I won't maybe reorganize them in the future, but I'm just starting from here forward, recognizing that I'm telling stories from the present day, from the past, sometimes that connect mm-hmm. past and present. Mm-hmm. And I'm just kind of trying to focus on telling the longer stories and getting them in my album uh, without worrying about how they fit. And, and I love that because when I open the album, I organize it from uh, newest first. So I, when I open, I always see the, the most recent one I created rather than yeah. always seeing the oldest one I created. Interesting. Uh, okay, cool. And then, so the other aspect of this is that because I am a categorizer by nature, and of course that's uh-huh. certainly how I was attracted to, to your approach in terms of how you group and, and connect stories, I heavily lean on that when I'm creating photo books these days. Particularly huh. photo books for a travel, an adventure, something that has a container because I need this clear time boundary. Uh-huh. But I cannot scrapbook a vacation in chronological order. I find that so tedious and boring. I want to group all the food photos together. 
and Dude, all the, the personality relationship yes. photos of us together. That <laughs> I want to put those together. And then, you know, when we were hanging out, doing something outside, I want to put those together and yeah. tell the story of what we did and how we did it and how that, you know, fills us up as a family mm-hmm. rather than on day one, we blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that's very fun to look at and it's not fun for me to document either. Well, and I, I love that the title of your podcast is Scrapbook. Is it Scrapbook Your Way? I yeah. Think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and that's really, I mean, that's again where I think we're, we're similar is um, I, I want people to just tell stories. <laughs> I want you to do this. So whatever is creating right an obstacle for you or making it difficult or whatever you're getting hung up on that's preventing you from doing this and having fun with it. Mm -hmm. That's what I want to give you some permission to just, you know, move past that. So in my experience, these categories have helped um, people break out of, you know, maybe an approach that's not healthy for them or not, certainly not allowing them to be productive. And I love how, what I heard you say was, you know, just a familiarity with those categories has given you now more freedom today to just, like you say, tell the long stories. Mm-hmm. And and so it's an it is it's an evolution and so um, oh that's certainly just super cool. yeah super and cool. and I think that the longer I scrapbook the more I you know with anything you come into your own you recognize yes. what you enjoy the most and where you want to find shortcuts to make other parts easy mm-hmm. and and I think that where where we end up focusing a lot is okay. Once you get your brain around this permission to tell your stories in your own way, Mm -hmm. then how can you make the functional process part easier too by choosing the right format? So whether that's, you know, a 12 by 12 layout versus eight and a half by 11 or even six by eight and digital and hybrid and traveler's notebooks and memory planners and all that, like how can you combine your unique storytelling desire with the process that really Mm -hmm. flows for you and is interesting Mm -hmm. to you right now. Mm -hmm. And how can you give yourself permission to change it up if you need to? Because there's some stories that belong for you in a different format than other stories and it's all good and it all counts and it's all part of your library. That's awesome. You're so fun to talk to. Thanks for talking to me. (laughs) Okay. So um, my final question, I think that it's safe to say that we are all ready to wrap up 2020 for a variety of reasons. So um, I'm just curious, what are you personally and professionally looking forward to most about 2021? So I'm an introvert. And so if I'm Mm -hmm. completely brutally honest here, I am most looking forward to maybe getting some alone time um, in in the future. If not, you know, maybe my mid 2021 or by the end, um, just some some alone time. Uh, again yeah. would be nice because I'm I've I think I've I've learned some really great coping mechanisms uh, some boundaries but it's certainly been a challenge to have mm-hmm. my family home the whole entire year 24 <laughs> 7 yes <laughs> and I'm that member of my family who's like I want out of here <laughs> I want to go I want to do so that's interesting I am married to a beautiful introvert who uh, I'm sure would love me to leave some of the time <laughs> That's hilarious. So, so professionally, I'm I'm excited about the changes we're making to our membership next year. We Oh, tell me. We're calling it the year of less and our mantra is doing less better. And Ooh. it's not like, you know, our our brand has always been simple, so we've never really firehose people with content, 
But we've really tried to listen to our members and we want to be even more intentional about every new thing we create, every new experience and opportunity to make sure that there's not just time to think about and do, but time to implement, to finish, to follow up and feel like you're truly closing the circle. I love that. So we're really, really focused this year. I got to watch part of your planning party and and I did. I listened to you and I'm like, I love her. I just love what she does. I love the way she does it. You know, um, the focus and the finesse and the the finish, I think were some of the steps. Yes. Um, yes. So, and I'm so glad you, you talked about the, you know, the professional, what you're looking forward to, because I want to make sure that my listeners know how do they access you after this conversation? If they haven't been familiar with you, like how do they learn about Simple Scrapper? How can they follow you on various, wherever you are? Will you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So the easiest thing to do is follow me on Instagram, just at Simple Scrapper. But you can okay. also go to simplescrapper.com and the, the very bottom of almost every single page on the website, there's a place where you can enter your email address and we send emails once or twice a week. And so that's the best way to stay connected. Yeah. And then from there, they can learn about the, the various memberships and the benefits. Yes, of- yes. Yeah. So you guys just be sure to do that because I get, Jennifer, I get your emails and I love them. And I just have learned so much from you. Again, appreciate everything that you do you know, just in memory keeping. And I love that your your emphasis on helping people do it their way and refine their way so they can do what they want to do. So thanks again for coming on the show today. Sure. Thank you, um, Stacey. Well, you mentioned the planning party. And I would say by the time this episode goes live, we'll have a DIY version of the planning party oh, so that you can okay. still catch up and, and dive into how you can get ready for the new year and have your yes. own, you know, marination time to start putting some ideas down that you can react to and then form into to actual goals and commitments later. I love it. Okay. And I'll be sure to put links in, in the show notes as well. You can go straight to simplescrapper.com or, you know, or come to Stacy Julian. Either way, we're going to get you back to Jennifer. So, okay. I have a couple questions that I ask all of my guests at the end. So the first one is people, places, and things based on those categories. So I want you to tell me about a person, a place, or a thing that has your attention right now. Okay, so I'll try to tell this in the in a fast, concrete way, but this is the most exciting thing that's happened to me this year. Um, we actually left for Sweden on March 4th. And at that time, it wasn't a pandemic. We were a little nervous, but things wouldn't be, uh, we didn't think it was going to be this. Yeah. <laughs> and we had the most amazing experience. This was my 40th birthday present. And the best part of the whole thing is we went to go see the house my great, great grandfather built. No way. And oh, wait. Oh, yeah, it gets better. And oh, so okay. <laughs> we're outside. We're taking a picture. And this guy comes out and he's like, what you doing? And our our guide, who's actually one of my distant cousins, explained to him in Swedish what we were doing. And he's like, oh, you need to talk to these ladies. They built a house behind us because they couldn't bear to leave, but they needed to downsize. So they built a house right behind this big one. And they lived here for 25 years. And they're basically like the caretakers of this home and its legacy. No way. So these wow. women showed me first off on the <gasps> side of the house where my great great grandfather had etched his name in the brick, which <gasps> said P. Shaleen, and that's my maiden name, Shaleen. And you know, I went to Sweden to see my my maiden name, to see my roots, and I saw it yeah. on, on the bricks. Oh, but wait, it gets better. 
And then they're like, oh, you need to come in the house. We have a scrapbook. (laughs) You, oh my goodness. So they had a scrapbook with my ancestors in it. You know, this is, you know, here's this, my grandfather's. So please tell me you got to take some pictures with your phone or something. Oh, they were like, here, take this, take this with you and bring it back tomorrow because the the Swedish (gasps) people are so generous and trusting. They did not know us from, from Adam. Like here, take this scrapbook, this priceless treasure of our memories you can take all the photos you need and just bring it back tomorrow wow and so of course we photographed every single page and then had them tell tell us more about things the next day and it was just the best most priceless treasure i've i've ever received wow okay how many times can i say no way (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing you shouldn't try to shorten that story okay listeners does that speak to the value of what we do I mean, I think there's nothing better that does, right? And and how yeah. don't you draw strength and resilience from just that new, deeper connection now that you have to your past? I'm not trying to put words in your mouth. Sounds like I am, <laughs> but I'm just oh no, but it, how, it was you know, it just it was very it was transformative, not just yeah. uh, connecting my my present to my past, but to connecting maybe my present to my future because we yeah. feel so more connected to Sweden now and the people there, and we want to go back. And yeah. we keep saying, like, would we want to, like, retire there? I, I mean, I don't know if we're serious, but, like, we – it just – it was such a really transformative experience. Um, and I never expected to to go on this trip and have somebody say, here's a scrapbook with your ancestors in it. We already did the, did the work for you. Right. And um, it was just what? such a treasure. Yeah. Wow. What a gift. I'm so glad you shared that with me because I'm a fan of family history. So that's awesome. That's super awesome. Okay. My so and you know what you should do is you should send me one of the photos from that scrapbook just so I can put it in the show notes. That's okay, just cool. I will do that. Okay, final question. I want you to fill in the blank. Um, I Jennifer have exactly enough time for. I have exactly enough time to cook healthy meals. Mm. So having this time at home has really helped me not rush meal time. Mm-hmm. And I've always loved cooking, but it's really rekindled my enjoyment in the kitchen, my patience. Mm. Um, I, you know, I love the process of chopping and roasting vegetables. I like preparing a sauce. Mm. And it's just, it's, it's brought me back to, okay, this is important. And I always will have time for it, even though sometimes it feels like you don't. You can take the time for it. Wow. That was super cool. I probably needed to hear that because I go in and out of that. <laughs> and I'm not saying I'm perfectionate. We had, we right. had the sticks last night. I mean, so. Right. But, but, yeah. but it is true. It is true. And there's so much about family connection and just savoring good food. And it's just such an important, and for me, can be a relaxing time of day, you know. Oh, 100%. Dinner. Dinner. Okay. Dude, you're awesome. Thank you so much. I just admire you. I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate everything. I think I already said it, but I appreciate everything you're doing in our industry. So go and keep doing it and we'll talk soon. Sounds great. It's been a blast. Thanks, Jennifer. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I totally knew that my conversation with Jennifer would go long and that's just because she's easy to talk to. She's so fun to learn from. I really do want you to take advantage of what she is offering at Simple Scrapper get to know her, learn more about what you can gain from being a, a part of her membership. There is so much there. So you can come to Stacy Julian to the show notes today, or you can just go right to Simple Scrapper 
www.jennifermcarthy.com and, and get to know Jennifer. Now, I am going to talk much more about my online class called Photo Freedom that is launching on January 15th. I'm going to talk more about that in coming weeks, but I do want to invite you to learn about it. Um, I am so eager to help you get organized with the pictures, the prints, the digital images, all of it, the stuff. I want to get you telling your stories. I want to help you create connections and document the memories that are going to matter most so that your life and some of the details don't have to slip through your fingers. So come learn about Photo Freedom. Remember that as a podcast listener, if you use the promo code, all capitals, enough time, you can save $30 off of your registration fee for photo freedom. So if you don't yet know what you want for Christmas, how about a seat in photo freedom so that we can spend 2021 together. Again, you can learn all about it at stacyjulian.com and save yourself $30 because you listen to my podcast. Okay, welcome to December. I hope your month is off to a fantastic start. I hope you'll come back next week because I will be here with another episode of Exactly Enough Time.